Welcome to the Counselors of Real Estate Top 10 podcast series. In these 10-minute episodes, we'll discuss one of the prevailing 2022-2023 top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm Bill McCarthy, CRE, 2023 Global Chair of the Counselors of Real Estate and President of WPJ McCarthy & Company in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada. Counselors of Real Estate are trusted advisors finding solutions to complex real estate challenges. Experienced, innovative, and credentialed problem solvers, counselors reside in 21 countries and practice in many more, and offer expertise in 60 real estate disciplines across all asset classes. Each has earned the prestigious CRE designation. Our guest for this episode is Tom Shercliffe, CRE, co-founder and principal of Intelligent Buildings, LLC in Charlotte, North Carolina. Tom is a recognized expert in smart building consulting and risk management. Tom authored the narrative supporting the number nine issue on this year's compilation of the top 10 issues affecting real estate, cybersecurity interruptions. To review all issues in this year's report, visit cre.org top 10. Welcome, Tom. Well, thank you, Bill. Appreciate that. So we have some questions for you to tackle, and here's the first one. We are in a new era of cybersecurity risk in commercial real estate, driven by decades of technological advances that impact all buildings' physical and environmental functionality. Just what are some of today's material risks for owners, investors, operators, and occupiers? Well, that's a, that's a mouthful, right? But 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 <laughs> some really important points in there uh, that, that you asked. First is that uh, we're talking about cybersecurity, and and you mentioned the physical and environmental functionality. A lot of times when people think about cybersecurity, they think about what you hear mostly in the news: credit card records, HR records, you know, back office type data. Uh, but in uh, in commercial real estate, um, for forty years. All of the big important systems and buildings that we know, air conditioning, elevator, parking, lighting, all of those things are uh, designed to operate and require computers and networks and internet connections. So just think about that. Not a smart building point, uh, not an internet of things point, but since the 80s, all of these big important systems operate on computers that are internet connectable. So um, it, it's important that there's that historical perspective, and that's the state of the state uh, in the in the entire industry. So associated with that, uh, it's not immune to what you also see in the news. For example, ransomware. Uh, people see many stories about a, 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 com a computer system or a database was locked up, and if somebody didn't pay the ransom at a, at a city or a hospital or a corporation, they pay the ransom to unlock the system. Well, the same thing is happening quietly in commercial real estate, uh, such as building automation systems. Literally, somebody has gotten messages that says your air conditioning in this high-rise tower will not work unless you pay Bitcoin or rebuild the system yourself. So that's a real uh, issue, but also that's ransomware. There's also another thing, not to be technical, but called killware, where it's not designed to, to extort you, it's designed or to, to ransom, it's designed to break things. Uh, like your million dollar chiller. Uh, just to name a couple other ones quickly, there's network hopping. So if somebody gets in through the vulnerable HVAC uh, system, they can hop onto the corporate network and all kinds of things there. 
uh, life safety incidents. I could give you examples of that, where you can imagine if people can take over these important systems, uh, how dangerous that can be. And and really, finally, to wrap all that in a in a in a I would say a bow, but it's not so great as the the insurance gaps and exclusions. Uh, this is a very niche area of cybersecurity that has not been well attended to, and there are many. Uh, situations in property and casualty, general liability, uh, cyber riders, and even directors and officers insurance where the insurance does not cover, does not address this. And the answer was probably litigation. Uh, and then now because of that, you're seeing actual exclusions. So I could go on, but I just wanted uh, folks to know that in commercial real estate, the cybersecurity risks are real and they're consequential and it's occurring. And I guess it'd be safe to say that these are only going to be multiplying and more more frequent as we go along. It, it is because uh, you know the, the the one of the reasons for that is that these uh, commercial facilities and when commercial I mean the broadest sense anything non-residential so again schools hospitals venues office buildings uh, retail environments they're very soft targets and they can create a lot of problems. So again, you've seen so far the higher profile things like corporate environments, uh, but now it's starting to bubble, unfortunately, in these facilities and this infrastructure. Another question, you believe there are three primary steps to take to make real property and its building systems less vulnerable to disruptions. What are they and why? Yeah, sure. So they they may uh, these the three points are to assess the risk, develop a policy, and monitor and enforce what's going on in the buildings. And I just want to lay them out there because they sound obvious. But just for a moment, I, I just very briefly, I'll break those down. So assessing the assessing the risk at a building level. Uh, so this means many people don't know exactly what systems are in their building, uh, who connected things to it, what contractors are backing up or not backing up the systems. They just don't have that very basic information. So if you, you need to assess the building level risks like that, and then again, it sounds simple, but develop a policy. Most people in the commercial real estate industry do not have required policy, much less contract language for their contractors about passwords, remote access, uh, whether they're even backing the systems up at all and where. And then finally, when you assess the risk, develop your policies, then you need to monitor and force compliance with the policy, which again is a whole new thing. You either need, a, you need, you either need consultants or, or hire people because that's not something that's generally taking place today. So on that regard, this would be applicable for both um, newer buildings or buildings proposed to be built, but also retroactively for some of our older buildings, which often are primarily in the downtown cores. You're exactly right. And again, the the vast majority of the existing building stock is in the condition we've described today. So you need to go to those and assess those. Of course, if you're building a new building, uh, you want to start properly and start with that with the right requirements, the right uh, contractor requirements, and start out from the beginning monitoring that uh, since you since you have the opportunity for a fresh start. And on that realm, uh, risk management also leads into insurance and insurance premiums and insurance scrutiny. Um, I guess the more proactive one would be with regards to addressing these issues and, and doing these hard looks and deep dives. Uh, there's going to be consequences um, often beneficial if you're proactive with regards to your insurance. Would that be safe to say? It is. You really should be proactive because if you're not, you may just be self-insuring and not know it. So that's that is the only thing worse than having an argument with your insurance company. Uh, so I think I would get very clear on it 
and whether or not you can get insurance is, is, is a question in some cases for this. And uh, But that needs to be eyes wide open to your investors, to your board, uh, to your occupants. And then you need to even especially take measures uh, to deal with that. But as, as a wise person once told me, even if you get the insurance right or you don't, that's not a strategy uh, for, for keeping the building available and safe. One final question. Um, cybersecurity can both be domestic and foreign. Um, what are you seeing um, and what should people be thinking of and keeping an eye on uh, in the year to come with regards to those two um, threats, both the domestic and the foreign? That's a really good question. And I'm going to slightly tweak it a little bit to say, you know, the foreign is occurring. And we have seen the State Department issue a warning in one case about a newly created Russian malware, let's say on a Friday. And on a Wednesday, we found that malware in a building automation system of a REIT. Uh, so that was an example of foreign. And by the way, there's a very famous case of Merck uh, suing their insurance company uh, over whether foreign acts like that are acts of war. And uh, that's a whole conversation. But to your point about the uh, domestic, I would change that a little bit and call it internal, meaning in addition to, you know, um, uh, malicious acts like this, contractor mismanagement can cause you these same kinds of problems. Uh, mishandling a system, not backing it up, having something get shut down. Uh, so that's what I would I would tweak it from domestic to to internal, your own contractors, your own staff, and it may not even be uh, uh, ill will, just mismanagement. Thank you, Tom. Uh, cybersecurity is here to stay, and how we address it is going to impact uh, real estate um, at every level. We're really grateful for your knowledge and contributions to this year's report, Tom. All stakeholders can be impacted by cybersecurity threats but can be influenced most broadly by investors and owners if their policies are mandated and shared with asset and property managers for assessments, enforcement, and active monitoring. Join us next time for another discussion on one of the top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm Bill McCarthy. On behalf of the Counselors of Real Estate, thank you for joining Tom and I for this episode of the Top 10 in 10. Thank you. <laughs>